Hey, you damn guys. Welcome to Book Club Member Comics. My name is John Salinas, and I'm here with... Aubrey Loveless. And I'm Danielle. And I'm Wes Matthijs. Hey, it's Wes. Hey, Wes, Wes is back. Hey, Wes. What's up, man? Hey, everyone. Not too much. Just hanging out. Yes, very good. Good, good. You know, uh... Last week when Matt was on, I went to go look for you in your little box and you were gone. I think you were doing like, uh, you were having your own adventures. Yeah, I went on a little adventure. Okay, that's good. <laughs> All right. where, where did you go? I went to Heroes Con in Charlotte, North Carolina. And I got to, I got to meet Mark Laszlo. Whoa. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I totally went up to him and gave him a hug. I was like, Mark, can I give you a hug? And he was Aww. like, yeah. That's so great. That's awesome. Like, we take a picture, and I took a picture with my son with him. Oh, awesome. friendship. Nice. Oh, that is wonderful. so cool. Yeah, tell us yeah, a little bit like, about that. Give us a little report of Heroes Con. Um, yeah, I mean, so I was, like, I was just in the area because I was there for a competition for recruiting, and I was like, all right, if I get like wow. just a little bit of time to slip out, I'm going to slip out. I'm going to go to this thing, because I also saw on Mark's <laughs> Instagram that he was there. And I was mm. like, I got to get over there and go. So, yeah. um, So I did like one day. In the morning, the con started every day at like 11 a.m. It was like a really late start every day. <laughs> yeah. And it was like events start. for me started at like 2 p.m. I was like, all right. But so I went I went over there and uh, I met a lot more than Mark. I'm trying to remember who, who everybody <laughs> I met. I mean, there's like a bunch of people there. No, that's you know, awesome. You know, that's but, really great. That's awesome. So, but yeah, I mean, I, I walked around the con. We can put that picture in the stories or whatever. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Well, I bought a page for Mark and I, I called you, John. Oh, and I didn't cool. realize that you had, you know, I should have known. I remembered you got art from him, but um, I, I picked up a page. I picked up two sketches, but one of the Ooh. pages was he just did that story came out. What last Wednesday or the Wednesday before? Oh, right. Um, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. The Hellboy story. I picked this up Wednesday. one of those pages. Yeah. That's awesome. So I picked yeah. up one of those pages. That's so awesome. Wow. I, it was super did, cool. He was like, this so isn't cool. out yet, so you can't post it anywhere. You can't post like, it. <laughs> Oh wow! Yeah, it's not out yet. Very cool. Yeah, you'll have to send the send me a picture of that so I can post that. But uh, not yet though. Uh, no, yeah. It, That's well, super it's cool. out now. Yeah, or it wasn't oh, okay. at the time. It wasn't at the time. Yeah, it wasn't at the time. Yeah, now it's out. That's super cool. Yeah. So I um so Mark Lazo was there. I also ran into Bridget Connell, who does oh um, nice Lady awesome. Baltimore. Yeah. Yep, nice. she does Lady Baltimore. So I she was it. there. She was sitting right next to. Uh, Mark. That's so cool. So I got a picture with her. I got some stuff from her. Um, so cool. That's awesome. Yeah. They were all super sweet. And she was there. So I was there with my son. And she nice. was away from her family. And she had just had a kid. I, I want to say he was like, or I, I forget if she had a daughter or a son, but it was like the first time that she was away from from her. Oh, you know, gosh. Her, her that must child. have been tough. Yeah. But she was like, I don't know. Yeah. So she was like super excited to see my son, which was kind of fun. Yes, of course. Can you? I'm sorry. Can you remember how old is your is your kiddo? Um, he's 17 and a half months. It's weird, right? He's a okay. Little bit over wow. A year. Yeah. I can't because I have no concept of like how time yeah. works, and so you sent he's us a the card. Baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, time is wimbly wombly. It's just a does. It's not linear. Yeah. Especially not with the brains that I'm working with here. So love the doctor. Wow, he's getting so he's getting pretty big now. Yeah, he walks now, and I like yeah. pain in the butt. <laughs> he's he's racing around the house, and you're barely keeping up. Yeah, and I Man. was like, every every like month that goes on, you're like, all right, it's gonna get easier. Like Mm-mm. they're not Mm-mm. gonna cry anymore. It gets hard. Like it gets worse mm. and worse. No, it's great. It gets better and better. <laughs> but it's also like more and more work. You're like, oh my god. Dude, well, and they no try resting. to figure out how to talk, and they're just yelling at one point. Like <laughs> yeah. they're just yelling sounds, trying so hard to talk. 
That's really well, fun. Well, I'll be like, I think that's a fun I'll tell the dogs part. to get off the bed or get off the furniture sometimes. I'll be like, Bruce, off the furniture. And then he'll like run up and be like, ma, 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 ma. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's doing it too. That's he's really helping. Good. He's helping. He's, helping he's a helper. Out. Awesome. That's great. No, but uh, that was really nice of you, Wes, to give yes. me a call. Because he did call me. That's and he very was like, sweet. I'm going back up there and like, yes. if you want a page or whatever. And that's I was nice. like, oh, I really did. But we, yeah. at the time, I just really couldn't afford it. Yeah. But I really appreciate that. And, and I did. And I was able to get it. I was able to get a Mark Laszlo little sketch from our good friend David Jacoy. Yes, that is nice. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So anyway. But thank you for the call. That was uh, very thank sweet. Thank you for the call. That was very thoughtful. cool. Well, awesome. that was cool. I'm glad you had a fun time at the con. That's great. And met so many yeah, cool cool. Uh, cool peeps over there. That's awesome. Yeah, there's a bunch of awesome artists. I mean, I could go through lists, but I don't know. Andrew McLean was there. I had said hi to him. He's always fun to say hi to. Oh, nice. Okay. Headlopper, nice. right? Yeah, Headlopper, yeah. Nice. Awesome. Very cool. Very cool. Well, what else we got on the agenda today, John? Yes. So we have some shouts outs for Ooh, this week. Shouts outs. Yeah, I definitely want to shout out the letter hack, Matt Strackbine. Hell yeah. Matt Strackbine. Book club, club member. member. Yes. yes. We had him in the house last week. I just want to thank him for making time to hang out with us and all that stuff. It was really cool. <laughs> it was yeah. It was, it was surreal. So exciting. To, like, I was be so sad when he had to leave. I was like, yeah. Can you just stay here? <laughs> <laughs> like, As a uh, listener, I was excited for it. Yeah. 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 Well, you got like a 40 minute like insight into we were hanging out for hours. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty much like we were doing the pod. I don't know yeah. how many times we said we're just doing the podcast. So we finally just took the equipment out, but like I was like, "Oh, we can't have friendship without content yeah. over here." <laughs> but no, everyone was—he was down for it. He was like, "Yeah, we're busted out. This is—is is this the table?" Yeah, he yeah, couldn't believe like this was the table. He's like, yeah. "Wait, this is where it happens." So <laughs> he was so sweet yeah. and fun to hang out with, and it was a joy having him here in our home. And um, it was—we got to do that again sometime. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yes, it was so much fun to see him. Yeah, I was when I went back to do the edit. Like there was so much stuff that I thought was in there that wasn't, yeah. and then so much stuff that was in there right. that I didn't remember being in there because well, like conversations we yeah. that we and, had in the kitchen. We were just talking. I'm like, all yeah, night. why would that be on there? We yeah. were talking in the kitchen. Anyway. Yeah, we we'd been talking forever. And yeah, then we recorded, really cool, and then we yeah. kept talking after that. Yeah. Of course, of course. Yeah. But it was, it was just cool. yeah, it was just fun being yeah. able to hang out with him like in person. I kept being like, oh, he's really here. This is so fun. Yeah, yeah, but it was no, cool. it was good. And it, it was awesome because it was just like. It was like, you know, he'd been here all the time. And like every time we talked to him, he was just like, you know, we just like picked up from. Sure. Yes. Yeah. It was very natural. It was mm -hmm. just like you just fall into it. So yeah. anyway, just like whenever you're here, Wes. I was going to say, Wes. <laughs> so I have one question for you. When are y'all going to make it down here to come hang out with you us? You know, what's so funny is I'm going to I'm going to Texas on Thursday. Whoa. And I'm not anywhere near you guys. Uh, but right. Well, like, Texas so, is gigantic. So yeah. yes. I know Texas is huge. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, but there was one of the flights that I was potentially going to take was going going through Houston. Oh wow! Okay. And I was and I was like, oh man, if it gets delayed or something like that, and I get yeah. stuck there, I could totally reach out to the book. Oh, club. absolutely, oh, for sure. I could actually like, like I could just leave work and yeah. come grab you and be like, I have an airport emergency. I gotta go. That yeah, I was like, fun. man, maybe I'll just go there and get. I mean, the, sure, the like how often flights get canceled. I was like, man, totally get canceled and then be like, hey, I'm happen. here, guys. Yeah, quite a bit. Um, but no. <laughs> Well, Texas yeah, is so vast, too, that you can drive for 10 hours and still be in the same state. It's yeah. so weird. Yes, and yeah. so I totally, you know, we get it. Like, that's fine. We'll, <laughs> we'll catch you next time. No but I'll worries. be in I'll be in the fall. I'll probably be in the woodlands. So I could potentially hey. 
Absolutely, oh, that's absolutely. Not that far away. That's, no, that's yeah. manageable. We'll do that. We, we, we've gone and seen concerts in the woods. Yeah. I was going to say, well, yeah. I mean, we drive like two, three hours to go. Yeah, see somebody. yeah. We'll hit absolutely us up, come hit us up you. whenever you're in the woodlands. Yeah, yeah that would be awesome. We'll come snag you. Very cool. Yeah, I think Matt's met the most in real life book club yes, members. Yes, that is true. Yes. Because he's met Ross Radke, Nathaniel, Nathaniel Green, and then he also met Kevin Hanna, oh, who okay. did the oh. documentary. He's a wow, official book club fun. member because yes. we've had him on the podcast. Yes, and then he's met all of us. So anyway, that's really cool. That's so super fun. at some point, so I'm gonna you be need in to San Diego too next week. So I'm thinking oh. about trying to hit up Craig McKnight. Yeah, I'm gonna try and hit up Muffin Bucket Vibes. Hell oh, yeah! Nice. Yes, you need to do so I'm gonna that. Reach out to Craig and see. Oh, uh, awesome! See what he's doing. I shouldn't, yeah, put, yeah, I shouldn't put it out there in the universe until I know for sure I can. No, you right, should. That's yeah. the no. You should, should do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You should yeah. do that. Yes. Yeah, very cool. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for the shout out to Craig as well. I'll put the the information for Matt and Craig in our show notes. Absolutely. Very good. Yes. And definitely check out Matt's uh, live streams on YouTube. They're oh, yeah. so much fun. Yeah. That. Good yeah. stuff. Yeah. Me and Aubrey get, get to chat up a little bit at this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you yeah, were saying his say mom hi. stopped by, right? Yeah, his mom was in yeah, the, uh, oh, the chat great. the other day. That was great. Well, really we love when the moms stop by. Yeah, we love fun. a mom We've had your in. mom on the we show. We love a pop-in from mom. <laughs> we love that. I want to shout out Ross Radke and his Webtoon spandex. Oh, right. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, yeah. Yeah, it's got he's got both stories up now, so it's a cool, full cool. like read. Awesome. And then um, Benny Decker covers it on his YouTube channel. Yes, nice. he does. Yes, yes. Uh, Valiant Victories. As always, if you can't support financially, shares mean a lot. They really do help. So please go ahead and share any kind of post that you see where he's talking about his projects if you want to support him. And that that would be super helpful and great. Yes. Thank you so much for mentioning Ross's comic on Webtoon, Spandex. Yes, it's so much fun. I'll put the link for that. But he really needs people to go in there and subscribe to it and like it. That's really what he needs. Algorithms. Yeah, for the algorithms and to help him win this contest also. Yeah. And I think he's worthy of it because, okay, I don't want to get in a whole thing about Webtoon. But yeah, if you've if you've gone on there, a lot of it looks like the same it's stuff. Like, yeah, it yeah, really yeah, does. Yeah, yeah. And, and Ross's is kind of different. It, it stands it's out. It's different. And I was like, man, like it would be so cool to see something like break the mold. And he works not, hard not for that, his. Not, not that they don't work hard. Yeah, and, and not yeah. that everything on there is the same. There, there is plenty of there, there is some stuff that looks different. But I think. Not like what Ross is doing. Look, well, you know we're, what I mean? we're yeah. not disparaging other artists. What yeah. we're doing is we're uplifting an artist that we like. And yeah. so we appreciate all the artists on there. We just want to say that we're supporting Ross and you can do it too. And you can uh, like and share and subscribe yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And you can do all that bullshit that really does help uh, artists. <laughs> I mean, I know that it's like we talk about like, you know, it's algorithms and whatever, but it really does help. And it's just like a necessary yes. thing you got to do. But also, if you just want to share it on Instagram, if you want to share it on Facebook, if you want to share it on Twitter, if you want to just be like, hey, here's a cool artist. Yeah. yeah. That is also a cool thing you can do. Yes. So, yeah. Do Thank you for mentioning that. Awesome. All right. And now we're going to go on to our listener feedback. Listener feedback. You read a story. We talk about it. You hate them guys us. And it's a book club. Get out, trade some floppy. So we're catching up on some feedback here. We had some feedback on our Enigma episode. Oh, shit. Ooh, nice. We got some listener feedback from Hayden Orr. Hayden Orr. Book club member. That's yes. right. Yes. 
Great episode, you mysterious guys. This series is one of those I've heard of forever and has always been on my ever-expanding to-read list, but I've just never gotten around to actually checking out. But after reading the first few issues with you guys, I had to get that hardcover edition. <laughs> nice. Awesome. He goes on to say, The series is so damn cool. I always love seeing early art from an artist that I'm familiar with, more recently to see the evolution of their work. It's always fun seeing where they were and trying to track what they focused on or honed to get where their style is now. That is true. And Figredo's art is certainly different now, but it's still so clearly got his energy and storytelling in this book. This is also one of those books that is essentially a superhero comic that's in quotes, mm -hmm. but actually turns out to be much more when you sit down with it. Plus, it's very gay. And for what problematic stuff there is in it, it's pretty respectful for something that of that time dealing with gay characters, which is so refreshing to read. Thanks for making me finally read it. Also, if you could pick one superhero and some of their rogues to randomly become real and start running amok in real life, who would you pick? Hmm. Oh, interesting. Oh, okay. That's a good question. Okay. This is a great question. That's a um, great question. Man, I don't oh, know. Oh, man. Okay. Because I start thinking of like, what is the human fallout? You know what I mean? Like, we got to keep yeah. it fun, right? <laughs> we got to keep it fun because, like, I think it would be so cool to have, like, um, Hellboy and the BPRD and the mm. cryptozoology angle. But then that but means then that it, there's all this fucked up. Like, but then it also like, it quickly goes to the end of the world apocalypse stuff, which I'm like, nah, we've got enough of that, that happening already. I don't like, think we, we got need, that happening in real life. We end up in a volcano, I think, in the comics. So Dude, let's not go Baltimore there. Baltimore and Hellboy is like all for real happening, right? <laughs> I I love uh, the mutants. I love X Men. I love all that yeah, shit. Yeah. I would just love any kind of just mutant powers just running amok all over the fucking okay, place. Would yeah. be great. That would be fantastic. Oh. Other than that, any kind of magic shit like Oh yeah. Doctor magic Strange. Yeah, exactly. So it's if it's not mutant powers, I would have to have I would have to have Doctor Strange in there or like the Asgardians happening or whatever. Yeah. Oh man, I think it'd be kind yeah, of I was cool thinking Rocket cool. Raccoon would be cool to run around. Oh, that's awesome. around doing I was thinking like uh, Spidey and his uh, his rogue galleries Ooh, would be fun. Oh, yeah. but they'd be just destroying the whole fucking city <laughs> but all the time. That actually, but it made me think of this Twitter thread I saw earlier this week about <laughs> About Gotham what? But if Gotham City, like you know, <laughs> you're like Wednesday night, you're doing something, and Joker's blowing shit up. You're like, God. But they were like, but they were like, but how are you dealing with that, knowing that rent is like 300 bucks? And everyone was like, I'm staying. Like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> so, so Get his ass. You, you know, go. like that type yeah. of shit, which is absolutely is so funny. Yes. I saw good. somebody says like, I would probably kill Joker for Batman so I could get some sleep. <laughs> <laughs> what if we just got a nice easy J Jonah Jameson? And he was just yeah. doing the news. Oh, you know they would have plenty of that shit. I'm trying to think what's something that's just easy and nice and not wrecking stuff. Because I'm also thinking about <laughs> well, like traffic. Of, yeah, like, I mean, come you on. You know what I mean? Like, what is, what is um, the comic? Everything that we're talking about is going to have a lot of collateral damage and fallout. So we just have to just go for it. Oh, how about, how about Darkwing Duck? <laughs> No. <laughs> oh no! I don't know if There's I can a, deal with yeah, all that because in if you no because that opens up Howard the Duck. And I can't do it. Oh with no, that. no, that's that's yeah. a different that's a different company. No, if there's <laughs> if they're like similar, like it's kind of like yes. Yeah, yeah, this is anthropomorphic ducks. I don't know if I'm prepared for this. Um, I I do like uh. <laughs> The the Daredevil kind of like the underworld oh, yeah. crime. Okay, you know, yeah. Uh, 
you know, so that's going on already. Like, you're just adding just a guy yeah. that's absolutely just bonkers, beating the shit out of that's everyone. That's what I'm saying. Like that's, yeah. that kind of stuff is happening already. So you're just adding. This, you're just like, adding a man cool who's just a maniac. You might catch something cool on your cell yeah, phone. Sure. You know what I mean, or something like that. Hopefully, <laughs> John, you, uh, you'd have to want Silver Surfer <laughs> now. How could you would totally want oh, Silver Surfer? Yeah. Yeah. Silver Surfer would be cosmic good. shit happening. Yeah. yeah, man. Cosmic stuff. But but if that was real, we would just capture like a glimpse of it like because it deal with that no, but no, what if you're his friend that... that he takes on a big journey oh that would be amazing yeah well, there you go i'll do that <laughs> <laughs> awesome uh great question uh anything what about else, lobster uh... johnson lobster johnson would be a great guy to just like pop up and like oh, just in the shadows yeah. and you're like yeah what the heck is going on oh, with this lobster he... johnson dude he would yeah. just he would just like he would absolutely just cock his pistol and be like killing nazis Beat up yes nazis killing oh, nazis yes. i think that's <laughs> all the day best bitch one. yeah great job he would just yeah. hold up a luggage rack and be like are you coming or what <laughs> let's go awesome. i would follow him anywhere i'd go meet uh -huh. him whatever town he was in i'm, be, I'm yeah in absolutely town. yeah oh yeah yeah absolutely lobster army that would be great <laughs> let's do it but let us know which uh superheroes you think would be best to come to life like enigma and his rogues gallery awesome thank you hayden we also had some feedback on our doctor strange doctor doom episode we also heard from jerry turnbull jerry turnbull book club member yes uh jerry said uh man i'm starting to feel really old listening to this one for readers of my generation roger stearns was and always remain uncle raj uh, he had been the writer of Doctor Strange for eight years by the time this long-awaited book was yeah. published, working amongst others, Smitty, uh, Michael Golden, Marshall Rogers, Kevin Nolan, and many more. Yeah, wow. It was Smitty who had originally been lined up to draw it for an old geezer like me, comparison to Saturday morning cartoons and disdain for thought bubbles. <laughs> uh, wrinkles a wee bit, sure, they could uh, be done badly and overused, but they also added to the story we've written well. Sure. Oh, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And don't get me started on Mephisto. When he showed up back in the uh, day, you knew some serious stuff was about to happen. Oh, smiley yeah. emoji. Yeah. I always heard him as James Mason. Okay. I want none of your gratitude. You're all on the strictest probation. And I'd advise you not to attempt escape. You understand your position? Uh, I'll have to get a, a good... Uh... Sound bite. Yeah, you get a, you'll, yeah. you'll find a good sample. He also posted a uh, a little blurb about Mike Mignola talking about the Doctor Strange Doctor Doom comic. Nice. Yeah, very cool. Um, this is really cool. Uh, Jerry captured this, I guess, from some thread in Mike Mignola's art. So credit to them. I'll put a link to them in the comments if you're not. You can part always of that group. rely on Jerry Turnbull yeah. to come up with some <laughs> some cool shit. Yeah, but this is coming from Mignola himself. He said. This was originally a book I was going to ink myself. I penciled it very loosely then for some reason. Also look on Comic Odyssey. In those days, it seemed like everyone had taken on a Marvel graphic novel and worked on them in between other jobs. But for some reason, Marvel suddenly decided that my book needed to be done by a certain date. Mm. I wouldn't have time to ink it myself, and the pencils were too loose to give it to a regular inker. Uh, so I sent it to Mark Badger to see if he could finish it. It was sad because I really liked that book was really happy with what I'd done, and I did want to finish it. I knew Mark could do something interesting with it, really liked what he was doing at the time. Ah, oh, the trust. So, so while it wouldn't look yes. quite like my work, at least it would have a look. Not just a weak <laughs> version of my work, but wow. something interesting. Yeah. I was really happy with what Mark did, but will always be a bit sad that I didn't get to finish it myself. Oh. It was a lesson learned about taking on too much work at the same time. Well, that's wow. beautiful that he learned a lesson, but still also beautiful that he... A had the power to be the one to hand it off and pick the inker 
and you know they didn't just like pick a guy for him and he yeah could, yeah was yeah. able to pick someone that he trusted to be like i knew he was gonna do something cool with it like that's cool i like that yeah. but i do also like his little like ah let that be let, let that be a lesson let to you. that be a lesson to you, you right know, right yeah. artists out there that's cool no it's fun um that he was able to actually pick the guy though and I, I know that he said he he was a little bit sad he didn't get to do it but that's so cool that he could yeah, have yeah. some control over that yeah yeah well like when we did that frankenstein alive alive you know bernie wrightson actually picked the guy to right finish, exactly to right. The yeah. issue for that's you know amazing. that's pretty cool yeah. yeah when stuff like that happens so that's cool you know the reason that I would pick the the X Men to be like the real because like the outfits, the outfits, the alone, outfits alone that we would get just the sheer fashion, just incredible, most outlandish, fucking wildest shit. Sorry, I'm done. I just like I'm just no, thinking no, about no, it you, and no, like right, oh right, man, right, just right. the outfits alone. Like the mutant powers are super cool, but ugh, the fashion. They wanted, really do have the greatest. Yes, <laughs> I wanted just for that Iceman sound. Yeah, yes. yes. <laughs> you hear that? You're driving in your car. You're just yes. Yeah. You're having a, a bad yeah, day, the, and then you hear the that, and you're like, I'm be, having a great day. The freeway is <laughs> gonna be frozen over. That's I okay. Just, <laughs> I have to leave my car here. But Maybe Magneto will be nice to you that. and like lift your car <laughs> out of the way so you can get off of the freeway. That would be nice. Yeah, that would be good. Um, Wes, you also had some feedback on the Doctor Strange, Doctor Doom. Um, you said it reminded you of Mignol's work on the Chronicles of Corum. I've never checked that out. You want to talk a little bit about that? Mm. Oh, yeah. I mean, like after I got into Mignola, I mean, I was into Mignola in high school, but when before I had the book club, you know, I had like a community. I just kept diving into more Mignola stuff. So the, um, the Michael Moorcock. Oh, know, I was wondering series. if that was him. Yeah. So he does that. He does it. I forget. He was asked. There's a story about it, like how Mike Mignola was put on it. Like um, somebody asked him what story he wanted to do and he wanted to do Michael Moorcock. But I forget. What's the main guy? Elric. Yeah, he was like, well, that's already done. So I'll do um, Corum. So then he went and did, I think it's three books. I think he did three graphic novels. Oh, wow. Okay. But it's good stuff. It's super out there. It's very out there. You know, sort of like the the Doom and Strange stuff was. Man, I I, I love Michael Moorcock's work. I actually read all the Elric novels back in high school. Um, and I just re-listened to like the first set of them on audiobooks like a couple months ago. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. What would you recommend starting with? Uh, the first one, Elrica Melnimine. <laughs> oh, okay. Very good. Yeah. Did you have any other feedback on the Doctor Strange, Doctor Doom, Wes? I mean, that was such a book club episode, right? I mean, that was like so fitting for our <laughs> yes. listeners. That was one I was hoping that you guys get to. I think I'm, I like had brought it up with you at one point, John. I was like, you guys need to do that at some point. Oh, I'm so yeah. happy that you guys covered that. No, um, shout out to Ross Radke, book club member. Um, Ross had reached out to me and he was like, hey, whenever you guys get around to doing a Doctor Strange episode, I would love to be on that episode. And Sweet. I was like, yeah, sure, for sure. We'll probably do one since the movie came out. And he was like, y'all should do the Mike Mignola yeah. Doctor Doom. Doc. Yep. And I was like, I mean, yeah. Perfect. Oh, so, right? so, yeah. I, so we were just kind of, not that there's any pressure, but we were just kind of waiting on Aubrey to watch it. And then we were like, as soon as Aubrey watched it, we're like, okay, it's on. We're going to do this episode. Well, it was, yeah. uh, what? I didn't, I didn't get a chance to see it in the theater because uh, we were moving. And so I just didn't have the time. But then all of a sudden it was on Disney Plus, And I said, hey, John, it's on Disney Plus. He's like, all right, so next week we're doing uh, the Doctor Strange. <laughs> <laughs> there we go, yeah. But the book was such like a pleasant surprise. Like even knowing Mignola, you're like, oh, I'm going to read this because Mignola did it. And I didn't know, you know, what I was getting into when I was doing. I just 
had read so much Hellboy and was digging back, like trying to find more Mignola stuff right, in the past, yeah. from the past. And I didn't pick this up when it came out. It was like such a pleasant surprise and a matchup that, you know, learning so much more about Dr. Doom. I totally became a Dr. Doom fan because of this. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. No, I was surprised to learn that this was like the issue that kind of kicked off showing more of his mystical side. Yeah. Um, that a lot of people weren't really aware that Dr. Doom was a sorcerer until this comic. So yeah. anyway, that's really cool. Yeah, Mignola's not a writer on this book, but he's totally an influencer, right? He like totally influenced some of that story. 100%, it seems like right? It. Yeah, yeah, it does seem like it. Definitely. We heard from Tom Barnett. Tom Barnett. Did you do it? May you do it? Yeah, you yes. Book club <laughs> member. Yeah. He said, one of my favorite. And we also heard from Anung117. Anung117. Book club member. (laughs) (laughs) He said, finally, this is one I don't have. So I can listen to you guys and to get my fix until I get a copy. Nice. Awesome. And we also heard from the letter hack himself, Matt Strackbine. Matt Strackbine. Book club member. Yes. He said, I read along, great episode and great comment. Um, and speaking of Matt, we also had some feedback on the Matt Strackbine episode from last week. Oh, oh yeah. wow, nice. Okay. We heard from Drew Campbell. Drew Campbell. Book club member. I'm a huge Steve Rude fan, too. Matt mentioned Steve Rude. Yes. He's got a really perfect classic art style. Nexus is a great comic, and the art cover for Nexus 28 was drawn by Mike Mignola. Yeah, I'll have to nice. check that out. Nice. Very cool. I do like that art style. Drew, not, not to go on to the other book club, to the Hellboy Book Club podcast, but Drew Campbell's feedback was stellar. Yeah, on, absolutely. On oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's our resident yes, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, scholar or whatever. He's like the one that goes and he, he pulls all the... Drew Campbell and Jerry Turnbull together are yes, just, com- unstoppable. just forces to be reckoned with <laughs> when it comes to digging up just all this information. And John's like, well, thank you. I'm going to yeah. put that into the podcast. We also heard from Christopher Egan. Christopher Egan. Book club member. Yes. Christopher said, this made me want to hop on a plane. Aw. Hey, come on down. Come on man. down. Yeah. Delvin Mui said. Delvin Mui. Book club member. He said, crossover event. That's right. The letter hack. And uh, That's yeah, right. that was really good. Nice. <laughs> I also wanted to give a shout out to Ross Radke. Ross Radke. Book club member. That's right. He shared his library hall. He said. Uh, oh, fun. When you put on hold several items that aren't due for several weeks, and then they all show up the next day. Oh, jeez. Oh, nice. And Enigma and Salt Magic were in his pile oh, there. Nice. nice. Very cool. Excellent. Excellent. I'm glad we could Good be influencing yeah. uh, some of your reading selection, yeah. Ross. Let us know what you think of both of those books when you have a chance. We also heard from Nathaniel Green. Nathaniel Green. Book club member. It's true. Uh, he said, I haven't met the Texans yet, but Matt is a delight. Matt oh, is right. a delight. Yes. Matt is a delight. Very good. Thank you, Aubrey. And Brian Levy as well. Brian Levy, book club member. Brian Levy, book club member. Said, uh, that's the boys right there. That's the boys <laughs> right there. Those are the boys. Yes. Oh, I wish we could boys. hang out with everybody. I like. We definitely need to make that happen, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. For sure. Convention. Book club con. Just have our own. <laughs> Yeah. Like yeah. little convention with just everybody. Yeah, we need to do we'll that. we do it in your backyard. Yes, we'll do that. Awesome. Man. All right, and now we're going to go on to our book club episode for the week. This week, I I am going to gonna take a rocket ship to the moon. What? Yes. What? You, you have to do this right now. I got to take a rocket ship to the moon right now. Sorry, oh. I got to go. What? Yeah, well, so, you know, I'm going up there with the boys. Which boys? The other boys, the other set of boys. 
Wait, what other set of boys? Uh, William Fickner and a werewolf. <laughs> okay. No, okay. We're going to hang out up there, get some moon rocks together, some moon... Regulate. Yes, we're going to get some of that together. Uh, we're going to go do that, and I'm going to bring you back some... Uh, Regulate. I'm going to bring you back some of that, <laughs> and uh, make a cobbler out of it. It'll taste kind of sandy, oh, cobbler. probably. Okay, I love a cobbler. Yeah, it'll okay. be kind of gritty, but... You'll get moon powers. So that's good. It'll be sharp right. and gritty. You'll have some moon powers and that'll be that'll be great. Moon power cobbler? Yes. Yeah. And FYI, uh, William Fickner is the werewolf. Oh. Okay. That's okay. the twist. That's the movie twist that you were looking for, I yeah. think, probably. So Yes, let's do this. All right. So this week we're wrapping up Baltimore Omnibus number one um, with Baltimore Chapel of Bones. This is a two-part story that was published in December 2013 and January 2014, written by Christopher Golden and Mike Mignola, art by Ben Stenbeck, colors by Dave Stewart, and letters by Clem Robbins. Um, yeah. So as we know, the story has been building up to this confrontation between Baltimore and Haggis. At the end of Infernal Train, Baltimore learned that Haggis was in London looking for a window. So we get the first cover, which is pretty ominous and awesome. I know you guys have the color version. Yeah, yeah, we have it in front of us. I pulled it up. I like how you just get that one red eye of Haggis, you know, there. Yeah, there always seems to be like a hint of red somewhere in the in the covers of Baltimore. Yeah. Or a lot of red. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, I love Baltimore in this in that picture as well. So we open in November 1919. We see a train. There are a lot of people trying to board it, assuming because the plague is affecting their towns. People are trying to get out right, or go I wherever. So, yeah. yeah. A conductor pulls a gun on a woman and her kid to prevent them from boarding. Her kid is clearly infected with something. I like his yeah. like little look there. Like super innocent. That's pretty harsh, though. He's like. I'll shoot you. Yeah. He's like, step away from the train, ma'am. I can't let you board. Yeah. That's messed up. Mm-hmm. Please, sir, I beg. Yeah, I know. So then on the train, we see like a hooded, shadowy figure in the back. Presumably, we could assume that it's Baltimore. So we got a harpoon-shaped package hanging out next to him. Right. <laughs> what is that big? Uh, it looks like there's a harpoon in there or something. For sure, something. It's not just a bedroll. I also like, I feel like those, the rocks and the sheep, like that's got to be Scotland, right? Oh, I was okay. Might yeah, be Scotland. yeah. I, I don't, I don't want to assume, but that's just what it looks like to me. There's that one lady there. She's like, what do you suppose? And then the guy's like, I suppose nothing. Don't talk to that guy. It's like, yeah. what do you suppose? It's like, I suppose there's a harpoon in there. <laughs> yeah. That's a man who wants to be ignored. So let's do it. <laughs> I know. I love, I love that guy. He definitely looks like a grumpy dad. Yeah. Reminds me of my dad. <laughs> all right so then we turn to the next page we open up in london the opening page gives us some insight into what's going on in the city there's sex workers some guy crying he's clearly infected he's got a pretty sweet scarf and a bowler oh, cap right yeah um, it kind of looks like doctor who or something Is yeah he does doctor look like doctor who, who. Like <laughs> yeah he's got a scarf. <laughs> little bit i mean just a scarf <laughs> <laughs> kind anyway, of i don't know <laughs> that would be the fourth <laughs> doctor tom baker <laughs> Thank you, Aubrey. And then we get we we see a bar called the Ugly Muse, which is a great name for a bar. That is pretty yeah. cool. I tried to look for that. I, I tried to look that up. I couldn't really find any references to that. Like people have used that, like I guess in their own art, but yeah. I couldn't find that it was like a reference to anything specific. I was like trying to think of like who is the Ugly Muse? Like is that a, is that a character? Is that or a is real that... person? Yeah. Yeah, but no couldn't find anything it's just a cool name i tried to look up like fresh paste as well i was like i don't know what that oh right is. yeah, yeah it says something back there yeah I didn't, I didn't know what that was but it's just some fresh paste for you <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah apparently i also looked up like elgin park i don't know if he's somebody like threw his poems into the fire 
Um, like there's, oh, there's yeah. a conversation going on there and some guy talking about, I love this guy with his eyes wide open. He's just like, <laughs> he looks, he's, lo- he's lost his mind. Yeah. I think a lot of people are losing their mind, but yeah, yeah I looked up El- Elgin park or Elgin park. I, I couldn't find anything about yeah. him. I, look, I, looked I looked up poet Elgin park. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't find anything. But so we, we get to this next page. We meet, uh, our main qu- characters for this story, Dr. Rose, Mr. Childress and Demetrius Atros. We also get a bat like this waitress is super badass with all our tattoos on her arms, scars on her face. Oh shit. I didn't notice those tats on the yeah, first time around. Yeah. yeah. She got bill on her knuckles. Oh, that is what it says there. Wow. I didn't notice that good little detail. Yeah. It's fun. So Mr. Mr. Childress calls the waitress madame she responds madame trust me love you've come to the wrong place you know really sets the tone for what this bar is you see that guy who was talking about the poems just like walking out his leaves i don't know what right well he was like he was saying remember when elgin park threw his poems in the fire and then drowned himself he's like well there's no fire for me to do that but maybe i can do the rest of it or whatever it was like pretty fucking bleak like he's gonna go leave out of there and then the rest of the guys are like haha hopes like yeah <laughs> well i think it's like it's foreshadowing for the story right this guy clearly wrote a story and he remember he's remembering a poet who set his stuff on fire and then drowned himself so i like i think it's a little bit of foreshadowing right oh this is like another artist who's writing stuff and it's and he's sort of yeah, like yeah when i was thinking of like pikmin for this story is like pikmin's model from hp lovecraft you guys read that one Right, we talked about that one on on another on a Hellboy episode, I think. Remind me of that one. That's like, um, it's like an artist who gets obs- he starts dr- like doing these paintings of these right, creatures and monsters, yeah. and then it turns out that the narrator, some I don't remember it actually that well, but the narrator finds out that he's actually drawing real monsters. But I think he goes insane. The guy goes, yeah. they all go insane. Yeah. Okay. So I think this is like another guy going insane. Like this guy with his eyes wide open, he's probably also. Going insane right, in here and right, stuff. Yeah. But it talks to artists. Like there's like some artists that are being influenced. Right, right. Yeah, the three men are talking about how they know Baltimore, like what's their connections. Mr. Ashros uh, brought Baltimore back from the war along with a bunch of other wounded men. And when you go back to that story, you see like he's just in the background. Like he's there. Oh, he's really? really. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, because I did yeah. go back and look at some of the other stories, but I didn't see him in there. Good little. He's like guy. in two frames. He's like in cool. two frames or one frame. Very cool. He's just, just there. Dr. Rose knew Baltimore slightly before that. He's the one who amputated his leg. Yeah, I was wondering, is he also the one that made the uh, the leg? Yeah, that's a good oh, question. I don't well, know. Weird wooden yeah. leg because it's like it, no probably. one knows how it works and everything. And it's um, like probably not because he's like, standing here without a leg in the uh, flashback. Yeah, yeah, no, no flashback. But, oh yeah, he doesn't have the leg there. So uh, yeah, I don't remember when he gets oh, his leg. That's a good question, John. Okay. When yeah, does he get the leg? I was wondering when does he get the leg? Who builds that for him, or does he build it himself? Anyway, he probably just chopped a tree down and willed it to look like that himself. <laughs> yeah, the giving tree. It's harpoon tree. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, his childhood tree that he met his wife under, and they and then he chopped it down. He planted it, and then he chopped it down to build his leg and his harpoon. Exactly. There you go. And then we learn that Mr. Childress knew Baltimore as a child. Their families were close, but he hasn't heard from him in years. None of the men had. Baltimore summoned Childress to the bar just like the other men. Uh, he told them to meet at a date and that a couple other men would be there as well. If fate willed it, Baltimore would join them there at the bar we get a scene where they pause and they look at the the door sort of swung open i guess and yeah i like that like they yeah they expect him to walk right through right then yeah and we even get like child dresses is checking his watch 
you know? Yeah. I like the look of these guys. Like, we haven't talked about this yet, Wes. I guess it'll come up, but these are the characters from the book. Yeah. I was so going to bring it up. kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to bring it up at one point. I was trying to figure out what a good point is. But yeah, this is like, all of a sudden, now we're crossing that book. When I read this, and then when I, I read the book after I, I believe I read all these stories, I didn't even connect. Like, I don't even remember when this happened. So when we got to this part again, I'm like, oh my God, this is the book. This is the book. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Cool. But it was really cool for me to see like what they looked like, like for Ben Stenbeck to draw them, you know, because a lot of the book is um, them sitting around this table and they're talking. Yeah, they're telling I mean? their stories. So it's just, it, but it's cool to like actually see what that looked like. You know what yeah. I mean? I don't know. Yeah, no, that's cool. And there's like the book, oh. like some of the stuff in the book and, and this book overlap a little bit, but like we fill in a lot of blanks, which is kind of fun. You know, yeah, yeah. like that oh, book cool. will fill in a lot of this night at the bar, right? Yes, yes. So it's cool. So I um I have not read the book yet, but um when I was reading this particular thing, this whole scene around the bars, they're waiting for Baltimore to show up, kind of gave me that same vibes of Lord of the Rings, where um Frodo and his um companions are waiting for Gandalf to show up at the prancing pony. Oh right, yeah, yeah. that's very <laughs> cool. Yeah, I like that parallel. Good job. I think that's like part of my favorite part of the storyline, like that those entry, like where you're learning the characters in that story in Lord of the Rings. Mm -hmm. yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Doctor Rose wonders if Baltimore is dead. Um, he starts bringing that up. Are they here? Or are they meant to eulogize him? Atro says that Baltimore has been dead since that night. He is not really descriptive about which night, but I assume he's talking about the night he lost his his wife, or it could be the night that his leg got infected. Who knows? Um, the, the, I guess I think the night that he was attacked because yeah, that's what I was assuming. That's when okay. he brought him and he woke Hagus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess he was like a zombie then. You speak in metaphor though. Do you mean he's truly dead? Doctor Rose asks. What is truly? Asheros responds. He breathes. He walks. He eats. Does that make a man alive? Asheros assures them Baltimore will be there at the bar. I know he will. Doctor Rose says. And I confess, I fear his coming. I like his expression there. Yeah, he's like. Well, I wherever he goes, some bullshit happens, and if <laughs> right? he comes here, then something something's gonna happen here. Like, oh, no, he looks it's really sad. good. Yeah, I mean, the other two guys are like clearly comfortable and for formidable. I love child dress in that top panel. How he's like with his arm behind the chair, and he's like, he's definitely like oh, you know, yeah. shit's gonna go down, but he's comfortable with it. He's fine. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was gonna get into this uh, a little later, but. They're both scarred, uh, Asheros and Chaldras. Yeah, they've definitely um, been through. They've seen stuff. Yeah, and we, you know, you know, Asheros has scars on his face, and Chaldras has like a big scar. I don't know if he's been burned or something. Yeah, he's got on, like know, a chunk missing out of his neck. jaw. Yeah, or neck. something like that. So you know what I mean? I, they've both like been through some shit. Yeah, yeah, we know that Captain Asheros has been, you know, in the war, and he's been delivering people so he's definitely seen some stuff so then we get we get to another train sequence the conductor calls for next stop being london and we see baltimore exit the train some vampires seem to follow him i guess he's getting off. he didn't want to get off in london i guess he wanted to get off the stop before so he could walk in i don't know i was gonna ask yeah. you about that because i was wondering about that like why is he getting off here I guess so he can sneak in. Maybe yeah, he wants to work on his cardio. Yeah, or he wants to get his steps in. Oh, there you go. <laughs> get those steps in. <laughs> yeah, I do feel like it's because he's, if there's a trap or something, I think he's just trying to be evasive. Sure, you yeah. Know, be smart about it, be secret about it. Some vampires kind of spot him. Looks like in the background, sort of follow him. 
He walks down these stairs and gets approached by a couple who asked for help. And he goes, you are beyond help. And uh, the guy sort of takes his wife and goes, come, Eleanor. He speaks the truth. We are beyond help. And then we see like another lady who got off the train and she just gets red paneled. It just turns into blood, I guess. You know, she gets destroyed. Yeah, yeah. It's like first some guy gets grabbed and then she gets grabbed. Yeah. It's definitely like we're learning that this is like almost like an apocalyptic world, you know? Everyone's getting on trains everywhere trying to get out of wherever they're yeah. from. Yeah. Um, but that that response where he's like, you are beyond help. Like, that is so brutal. But it is the truth. But he's just like, anyway, that's Baltimore right there. Yeah. And he says he's that person. He sort of goes back and forth. We see him waver. But now he's like sticking to he's on a mission. Like this time he's right, like really yeah. got to stick to this mission. You know, his friends are involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's like, I already got that Inquisitor dealt with already. I can move on with my actual thing. Right. So we go back to the um, the ugly uh, muse bar that annoying song closing time comes on. <laughs> yeah, that's, like, oh that's an annoying song i love that song reminds me of middle school <laughs> i was i was working at a video store when that song was popular and then they played it all the time and uh in a, inappropriate times it didn't come on during closing time <laughs> we put we would play it. me and my buddy doug would play it at the movie theater when it was closing time like after the lights came on we'd put that song on we did it yeah, way yeah. too much <laughs> but it was fun <laughs> So yeah, so where are we? So back at the Ugly Muse, we see the bartender sort of going around and kicking everybody out. He addresses some like, he almost looks like Edgar Allan Poe or something like that. Um, yeah. You know, we already had Edgar Allan Poe in this story. But he's like, a, like looks like him. Bentley, we learn his name is Bentley, who the bartender apparently throws out every single night. Um, he also gets asked to leave. Bentley says, you don't have to speak to me as though I were some errant child. Herbert, when have I ever left before you've had to throw me out? Which is kind of yeah. <laughs> I don't know. All of our guys get up to leave and they ask the bartender innkeeper if they can have a place to stay. And he sort of says like, oh, I can scramble up a place for you guys to stay. And then the artist is like, hey, why don't you guys stay with me in my loft? You guys can come up and stay in my loft. So he invites right. him to stay in the studio. And the look on uh, the bartender Herbert's face is just like, he, he looks annoyed and like, whatever, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was going to get some money out of them. And he's like, dude, what the heck, man? They were about to pay for a room. Yeah. He was going to take that, take that dough from me. Are you serious? So then uh, they ask him, studio, you're an artist. And he goes, painter, sometimes a sculptor. I've had a studio and apartment here for years. They ask him, are you certain we won't be disturbing you? He says he sleeps very few hours. I don't like the dark. What's unsettling to me, I paint in the hours when most people are sleeping. And he invites him, here Here we are, gentlemen. He invites him into his in place. They walk around. They're pretty impressed by the studio at first. And then we see a shocked face from the three men, right? They're all, they all see one painting and we see their eyes. Right. And we also get like a little red paint on, on what's his name's cheek there as they walk yeah, up the Bentley. stairs. Oh, yeah. There's like a little hint of red on him throughout the story. It's kind of funny. Right, yeah. Everybody, so um, Childress says, what do you see? And the other two men have different answers, right? One says, the puppet. And the other, the demon bear. So Atros responds, the puppet. And then Dr. Rose says, the demon bear. So and then we get a little asterisk saying to right, see the novel see the Baltimore. Novel. Yeah, go check out the yeah, novel. So, well, so we, will, we will. We will check that out. Yeah, right. so we'll, we'll have to come back and talk about this. This will be a good uh, talking point to come back around to. Yeah, because that will all be put into context, why they're seeing what they see. So like when I was reading this, um, I was like, and it's all that little thing. And I was like, this is not novel you guys going to be talking about. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. I mean, you're not really left out in the dark like you. It's just their stories. You know, you get some more 
Oh yeah, no, I mean, uh, I mean, I was never lost in the story or anything like that, but I just like felt like that there, there was uh, just a little bit that I'm like, oh, there's more. I yeah, need it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's fun stuff. I love it when that happens. So Bentley says, "You see your own demons. Look again. What in hell is this, Bentley?" Childress says, and he pulls the gun out and points it at him. Why, it's my masterpiece. And now they see the painting of the Red King. Yeah, they see the painting so of the Red first King. So first they saw whatever their, whatever the demon bear, and then he says, look again, and then they see this. Yeah. I think that's pretty cool. Like, we all get to see it, too, at this point, too. So yeah. anyway, it looks like Mignola, the painting, right? I mean, it looks it, like... It does look like a Mignola. It looks like Mignola drew that. I mean, it's <laughs> yeah. probably Stenbeck doing his version of Mignola, but uh, it looks so, like, genuine, you know? I know. So cool. Should pro- I should put it up in my... I should paint it and put it in my house. <laughs> no, don't do it. <laughs> All right, I won't. <laughs> Something bad will happen. All right, so then we get Dr. Rose, and he gets the attention of the other guys. Look around, my friends. It's not his paintings that most troubles me. It's his sculpting. So then they, we open up and see more of the space and there's bones. It's like a total Indiana Jones scene, Temple of Doom, skeletons. It's a chapel of bones. Yeah, it's a chapel of bones. Yeah. Exactly. If I found myself in that situation with the fucked up painting and all these chapel uh, bone thing, I'd be like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. See ya. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going back to Herbert and see if he'd give me a real room. <laughs> yeah. And I love the drawing of Bentley in this because he looks like a crazy madman. Yeah, yeah, they really give him a lot of character. I hear his voice, you see, Bentley says. My master speaks to me from the mouths of the dead in their echo of of their bones. Now, what about that brandy, he says. And then we hear a voice (laughs) back in the dark, right? Don't trouble yourself, Bentley. I think we can safely skip the brandy, right? And we sort of see that. Yeah, we know who that's. Yeah, Yeah, I already, I was like, it's Hagus. Like, I already knew. Oh, yeah. uh, yeah, yeah. So like, so like, Aubrey, you would be ready to leave, and then Haggis would pop out, and you'd be like, oh, "Fuck, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no this leaving. asshole," <laughs> you know. But this, in, like, the interaction that we're both to get into when I read this the first time, it did not go the way I thought it was going to go. You know, like it's very right, different right. than the climax is very different, but it's also yeah. still a climax. You know, um, we cut back to where are we? Cut back to Baltimore. He's heading towards a bridge. We see him. I don't know who this little. Like, was that the little boy from earlier? I guess not, but it kind of looks like the little boy from earlier, doesn't it? Oh, right. The one from the train. But he was, was left behind. Like oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was left behind, so I don't know he how he would have gotten there. It, looked- it's another creepy boy. Yeah, yeah it's another <laughs> dead kid. Because, well, he mentioned that all his friends were getting killed in that story, too. So maybe that's just one of his friends or something. I don't know. Right. It's pretty grim to think about. <laughs> yep. So Baltimore is walking. We get some vampires that come out. Um, they ask him why why you walk among the damned. And he says, I am one of them. And he pulls out his sword, Shing, and starts eyeing everybody, slices them up. We just get a nice, cool red panel of blood. Yes, yes. Yeah. So we go back to the Chapel of Bones. We reveal the shadowy figure is indeed Hagus. He intends to kill Baltimore's friends. He says he knows they're his friends because the stink of the idiotic courage that comes off of you in waves. I like how, he, how he's saying, like, I have no intention of dying tonight. He goes, oh, well, we're at a cross purpose then, Mr. Childress, for I have every intention of okay. killing you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Hagas looks yeah. tired. He looks beat. He doesn't look like, you know, himself anymore. When he mentions that he can smell the stink of courage, like, would he be able to smell that we're book club members? Yep. 
Like, would you be able to go like, he would go like, hey, wait a minute, you come here. Do you listen to those pod class book club members? And then he'd like bite your throat out or something like that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But he wouldn't be able to because we would be prepared from all of the knowledge we've. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. From. Oh, that's right. We would be prepared. We would yeah, be. be prepared. And then we and then we would make him leave a five star review and then we would <laughs> stab him, stab him through the heart or something after that. Yep. 100%. So anyway, Hagus wants to know where Baltimore is. Um, the time has come at last for the hunter to face his prey, and Hagus fills the trio in on his backstory. The vampires were just simple bats feeding on whatever whatever they could find, whatever bullshit they could find. But then Baltimore woke them up and awoke the disease in their hearts. Yeah, Hagus, he says he hated being woke. Baltimore <laughs> was too woke for him. No yeah. shit. <laughs> <laughs> you had to learn about the way the world is now. You had to get woke. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hagus went, killed his wife. His wife came back. Baltimore had to destroy his wife. But my joy was short-lived. I thought I had destroyed Baltimore. Instead, I had made him into something else, something terrible. Uh, some other fire fuels that engine now. Now he is tireless. And as you see, I am not. He hounds me. If exhaustion weighs on you, child just says, we'll relieve you of the burden. Not you, him. He will come. So I think he like he's done. He wants to be checked out, right? He just right, wants to do yeah. one last dig on yeah. Baltimore, kill his friends, and then have Baltimore kill him and be done. Yeah, like he's yeah. tired. But I do like that. That he's like he hounds me. Like this dude has been chasing me for years. Like you get to like kind of see <laughs> his side of it a little bit, you yeah. know. And uh, I think that's really interesting. He's like, oh, I just want this to be done, but he's gonna do it, you know. Yeah, he wants him to do it. Yeah, it's interesting, and he made it. You know, he made this happen. Yeah, and and I and like while we've been in this whole scene, I really love the way that they've used the colors because it's like a really cold colored scene, but then like you have Haggis's eye, you know, or we have these panels with the bats. Yeah. And then on this last page you have yeah. these panels that have the painting in the background. So like you're getting these touches of red that really kind of stand out. It's really cool. So he talks about his final blow. He wants his final blow to be his friends dead when he arrives. And we hear some we hear some noises. We hear some noises coming. And the walls come well, the walls come alive. Oh, did I miss something? No, well, right before he does that, see, like I thought this was interesting. He kind of touches the painting. Oh, and he's yeah. like he's like, ah, oh, my dark master, grant me a boon, a final blow. And then that's when the stuff comes oh, yeah, alive. Right. So I feel like I feel like he's like mm -hmm. saying, Hey, the Red King, like help me out here. Yep. Help me kill Baltimore's friends. And then it's like, I'm going to make the Chapel of Bones come alive. Yep. Yeah, I think you're right. I think, yeah, it's connected. Totally. I agree. Yeah, so then all these creatures and monsters come out of the wall. You're right. They sort of get, like, get coded by like a like a shadow. Right. It's like, are yeah. they getting skin on, on them or something? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because like, look at that. It's, it's like a, a effect. Yeah. just a skull and then this black shadow sort of comes over them and then red fills their eyes and then they come off the wall as like yeah fully shadowed demons monsters yeah. yeah 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 skeletons yeah some skeletons i like how uh dr rose is like what horror is this yeah he freaks out i know he's fragile man he doesn't need all this we have all seen horrors childress says i mean he like right away he just pulls out his gun and starts blaming everybody uh yeah, childress yeah. is pretty awesome we've all dealt with these horrors and lived to speak about them dr rose tonight will be no different he's he says to him so he's like rallying his troops we shall see, Haggis yeah. says. We get the artist saying, beautiful, they're beautiful. He's sort of commenting on what's going that on. That weirdo Bentley. Yeah, yeah, Bentley. 
Demetrius, he's ready for it too. He's got his little knife. He's ready to stab some demons in the eye. Yeah, I like um, how the one is like he's like ready to pop. You know, he's shooting. You know, shooting them. The other one's like, fuck out my knife, and he's gonna fuck those things up. <laughs> yeah, the action's me. really good on this. I love that. Yeah, I know they go right at it. But these shadow demons are pretty sweet. So then we see the doctor bumps into the to the art table, and turpentine spills all over the floor. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They have to tell him to fight back. They're like, do something. You can hurt them. Yeah. Well, they're like, grab onto him and start taking him away. Where are they going to take him? It was a really beautiful loft, right? Like with the, the skylight in there. And it was like huge, right, like 18 yeah. foot ceilings. It was a pretty cool loft. But so this demon starts flying away with the doctor. The doctor gets dropped, right? Um, we see child, Childress again. Bastard, I'll have you. He points his gun at Hagus. Then we see the doctor down on the ground. He pulls out his matches. And I guess he smells the... Um, the turpentine, right? The paint thinner pulls out his matches and throws mm-hmm. match onto the turpentine, lights them on fire, lights all these demons on fire. The color is so good by yeah. Dave Stewart. Yeah, I yeah, was, no, I was wondering like what that little um what that little logo is on the matchbox. If anyone knows what that logo is, I'd be interested to know if that's like an actual thing or it's just like something that Stenbeck just put on there for yeah, it's I like don't a know. fan or something, right? Hmm. Or I was thinking like a shell or something, or I don't know. Yeah, it does kind of look like a shell. You're right. Childress is, I guess, spent all of his bullets and he grabs a chair and smashes a demon in the face with the die damn you, he says. The doctor connects that the demons aren't coming near the flame, so encourages Demetrius to come over by him. Hagus says no. He's pissed off at what's going on. We get a nice crash. It looks like the Red King is watching, right? They sort of do a zoom in. Right. They kind of focus really on does. that. Yeah. yeah. They're kind of like get backed in the corner where they're either going to like burn to death or have to fight the monsters or whatever. Right. And they said in Childress like comments on that, right? Well done, Doctor. Unless we burn to death. I'd rather burn than... And then we get a dot, dot, dot. Flomp. Bam. At last, Hagus says, and we get Baltimore enters the room, ready to it go. It is so cool that like that that panel right there where he just busts through the door. Yeah. Yep, I know it's what we were waiting for. Like these two guys are ready to battle each other. Lord Henry Baltimore, thirteenth Baron Baltimore of Boss Castle in County Durham. <laughs> That's him right there. There you go. Enters looking That's like badass, ready to fight. Yes. I love it. Do you think that he ha- he has like a bunch of these jackets, or do you think he um, <laughs> it just makes it every time? It just lasts through all of his battles. He probably picks one up at a new town. He's all like, "This one's fucked." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's enough dead like... people around that he can just like you grab one and put it on or whatever. Which is the same long coat every every single time. I need a long coat. And we go on to chapter two. I'm excited. I'm pumped. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is a wild cover. Do you guys have access to this cover? Yeah, issue. yeah. Mm-hmm. I pulled mm-hmm. this one up. I think there was multiple covers of this one, right? I think there was more than oh, one. Oh, really? Cover. Yeah, I think there was okay, a Manila cover sure. and a Stenbeck cover. They're pretty similar, but they're not nice. at the same time. Okay. Yeah, the Stenbeck one is cool. So it's like a dark angel, right? That's like lifting him up, and then there's a bunch of demons yeah, crawling at yeah. his feet. So in the one that, um, in the one that Mignola does, there's like a dead angel, and it actually looks like an angel, like it's got a crown. It's got a white gown on, oh, okay. and it's like lifting him up, oh, and he's wow. passed out. And then there's just a bunch of skeletons below him, and he's got a bloody sword. And then there's like a okay. crescent moon in the background, and then a um and a red bat. So I know that nice. one's pretty. That one's pretty badass too. It's always nice when you get a Mignola variant cover. Hold on, I just found the variant. Oh, okay, yeah. There's the variant. It's at the end of the uh, omnibus. Very cool. Okay, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I like it whenever he like Mignola always puts like a like a beam of light or something to like draw your eye to the center. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. It's cool. 
All right, so yeah, we pick up on issue number two. We get a great interaction between Haggis and, and Baltimore pretty much right away. Haggis is looking forward to this, is what he wants at last, he says. Right, yeah. You know, even though he's kind of been on the run, like now he's like, no, this is what I want. Let's do it. And we get a hiss from all of the demons. I guess they're not happy to see Baltimore. Baltimore's like literally walking with flames behind him. I love that little panel right there. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Childress goes, just in the nick of time, Henry. And then uh, the doctor's like, a half an hour ago may have been nice. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah that is good. They get their little quiff in there. <laughs> good job. Yep. Baltimore's like, hey, nice to see you guys. He's just like hacking away at the thing or whatever. Just hacking yeah. away at all the monsters or whatever. He's like, I'm glad you guys are still alive. Yeah, he goes, nice to see you all in one piece, more or less. <laughs> as he chops away. <laughs> That's so good. And he sort of welcomes what's going to happen. We get a sweet... I mean, I love skulls. We get so many sweet skulls in this. Yeah. But Baltimore goes, if this is my fate, I've come to greet it. You know, he's ready for it. We get Demetrius. Yeah, he goes, fate. And we get a little flashback. Yeah. So we go back to that scene in the in the cemetery. We didn't see this, right? We didn't see the monk or whoever that guy was with Demetrius. We didn't see them hanging out. No, got, no. But we did see him with Baltimore. Yeah. Right. We saw the monk with Baltimore. So I'm pretty sure like Demetrius in the, fir- in the first comic or wh- whenever he brings Baltimore, you know, to his island. He's just there when he goes and meets his wife and then you never see him again. Oh, I'm pretty sure that's it. Right. Yeah. Because but I want to say guess, in the book they explain that he's there. Right, exactly. In the well, book they explain oh, okay. yeah, yeah. But like in the yeah. comic book, he's in the background and then he disappears. You don't even really see him in the funeral in that first issue, but I guess he was. He was there. Right, you right. Know? He must have been. Huh. Yep. We run back into Baltimore's origin a little bit. Um, we see this in, oh, it's in issue four, which we covered in, in episode one of this podcast, right? Yes. Uh, issue, oh, wow. <laughs> issue four of the plague ships. Yeah, plague ships. Yep. That's where uh, that's where we get this little monk guy. Yeah, where we get that backstory of Baltimore and his wife. Um, but we get more detail, right? Because we learn Demetrius's side of the story. We learn that after Baltimore had killed and burnt his wife, he looked for his wedding ring in the ashes. He had hoped to keep it to remember her innocence. The priest told Asheros the ring had been buried with her, but he found no sign of it. After that, he swore that he would never rest until he had scoured the evil from the world. And then the priest sent Asheros on his way to play his role. He said, you'll have a role to play, whatever. Yeah, yeah. We get a cool little detail of the wedding ring, too. Yeah, that is an extra little detail. I like how he's like, we all have a role to play. And then I guess... Yeah, I guess Atros's role is uh, fighting off a zombie with a candelabra. Right. <laughs> That's what he's doing. Yeah, hit people in the head with candelabras. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Grah. Use the fire. Drive them back, Childress says. So they're still fighting the demons. Some of the demons are making a run for it. Yeah. Baltimore doesn't let him. Yeah, but Baltimore got him. <laughs> nope. Yeah, he's not letting those demons get away. And he sees the, the painting of the Red King. And then Dr. Rose gets taken. He gets grabbed by some of the shadow demons. So Astros yells, Dr. Rose, no. The doctor goes as he gets pulled in off me. And then we see him get his ring finger and his pinky finger bitten off on his on his left hand. Yikes. Uh, oh. Yeah, that's yeah. fucked up. But like I was thinking he needs a scar. The other ones have, oh, the other yeah. ones are scarred up and he's not. And so But he's missing those same fingers on the other hand, isn't he? Wasn't he already missing fingers on the other hand? I don't know. And now it does. No, you're right. And he's got. He is missing those fingers on the other hand. Yeah, it's weird that would happen, right? Sucks. Sucks for him. So crazy. I didn't even realize that. Yeah. So he. 
he is missing those fingers, and now he gets them missing on the other hand, too. So I guess at least they're symmetrical. <laughs> so we get that statue, too, in the background. We see the statue that we saw in the earlier, like, the flashbacks of during the ancient times when the monsters ruled the Earth. Mm-hmm. Next to the other paintings of the Yeah, next to Red all King. of the other paintings of the Red King. Oh, you're and right. Wow. Yeah, it's kind of yeah, sweet. Yeah, yeah. That's a great detail. I didn't even see that. Yeah. So Dr. Freak's out. No, what have they done? He's screaming, looking at his hand. Get up, doctor, um, Ashro says. Henry Childress screams as Henry keeps chalking off heads of the of the demons. You get a nice chalk. I actually think that page is pretty awesome. Hagus is just like watching this whole thing go down. Like Hagus clearly doesn't want, like he's just letting, you know, Baltimore do what he does. And then he's just going to let him come and get him. That, I guess. Well, he, is he is he also con- is he controlling these shadow monsters? Because didn't he call for them or whatever? Or I guess I don't know. He's like, this is coming. Or the Red King is doing right. It. Yep. So then we get some really sweet dialogue. That's sort of like we understand why the three guys are there. They're sitting there watching Baltimore hack away at these demons. Demetrius goes to help, and uh, Childress grabs him and says, "Wait, Demetrius. He may have been late, but he did not call us here to fight alongside him." Really? What the hell are we doing here then? He turns back and yells at Childress. We see the the fight continue. Don't you see? Childress says, we're witnesses. Clunk, we get another sweet skull again. I yeah. love how like the shadow is like coming off of the front of the face as he's like there's a lot of yeah kinetic energy or whatever motion being conveyed right there. It's really cool. Yeah, I mean like the shadow on them almost looks like static, like on your screen. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. it's like moving. Like it's like a moving shadow. I like That's how at least I perceive it. I like how uh, he takes the, the skull and just flicks it off his yeah. sword and right into the fire. That's <laughs> so cool. Yeah. So what does that mean? That um, we're witnesses. Uh, well, he explains it later think, in the comic. He's like, you know, he wanted them to witness his death. Oh, I see. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I took it as. You should crawl back into your caves and your tombs. Baltimore says to Hagus, um, you and all who bear your stain. I love the way that Hagus kind of looks at him sort of like. I don't know you get like those zombie shots in the zombie movies where people are like they're like turning their head before they're about to go eat right their, yeah, you know, yeah. Their prey or yeah. it was you who called us Haga says all of you with your war the roar of your cannon shook us from our your quiet graves and all of your sp- spilt blood and he like points he's like pointing at Baltimore blaming him for stuff um, but you woke my mind and that awareness spread like infection amongst my kind just as your contagion spread through ours we were your plague and you were ours. You killers, you berserkers, you warriors, you will never be rid of us. So long as man endures, we will be his red shadow. That's a great line. And he starts yeah. turning into his uh, bat form. Uh, I love the art on and this when the flashback where he's like, we were your plague and you were ours. That's just incredible. I know, it's like a different... Gosh. Yeah. And it's a totally different view of like, we didn't get this view where like, some of these soldiers were actually fighting back. Right, right, yeah. And I don't know if this is the same scene that Baltimore was turned, but in this one, you know, there's a guy shooting a vampire. How come that How come that vampire didn't wake up and wake everybody else up? I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> and get cursed. Like, who's that guy? It was Haggis. It was Baltimore. He was too woke. <laughs> <laughs> Baltimore goes... I have another ending in mind. It began with the two of us that night in the Ardness, and it ends with us as well. Both awakened, both transformed, both destroyed. Now at last we both may rest, he says. Crack, and he punches him in the face. 
They both look at the painting. Yeah. Baltimore makes some really ugly It kind of like stops the action for a second. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're about to have this epic throwdown. Fucking Haggis turns into the big bat monster. You're like, holy shit, what's going to happen? This is going to be epic. And then they both see the painting. It kind of like interrupts all of that. I thought that was so interesting. Yeah, you know I mean? It's kind of like it yep. goes against what you think would traditionally happen in one of these kind of confrontations or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And then Haggis slowly transforms back yeah. into his really like, cool. I like that. I have enjoyed tormenting you, Lord Baltimore, he says. And now one final last torment. For I grow weary as well. We have deprived each other of family, you and I, and I do not want to live alone in the world the Red King will make. And then we get this big yeah. scene with the Red King walking over London oh, on fire. So good. Yeah, really creepy. Yeah. There's like all those dead bodies in the river. Yeah. Wow. So the fight continues. I've toyed with you, Lord Baltimore. Bam. <laughs> you are no more tin soldier now. Other forces are at work here. Perhaps in helping to forge you into the thing you have become, I have done my master a disservice, but it matters not. You still don't understand the magnitude of what you set in motion. You never will rest. Never. He looks with his dead yeah. eye and his red eye. And then Baltimore just in this very um, Quentin Tarantino scene with a red background, black silhouette stabs. Oh, I love, I, I love a good silhouette. Yeah, you know. it's really good. I mean, it's even cooler because like Baltimore's on fire. <laughs> right. <laughs> New shit, right? He lost another coat. Another coat. Now he's got to go find another one. But even like Haggis's gesture almost seems like he welcomes it. Like, all right, here we go. But I just got to tell you that you're never going to rest. Like all yeah, this you're shit never is rest. fucked up, and like it's all because of you. Yep. It's it's kind of like they screwed up the uh, the Wish We Were Here cover. He went to go shake his hand, and he just stabbed him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's telling Baltimore like this wouldn't have happened without you. It's going to continue on because of you. Right. Essentially, kind of. It's like Batman. Like, what was it? What was it when Bat Batman returns? Right. It's like the Joker doesn't. He like doesn't become a killer. He's like not a killer anymore because Batman's retired and like sort of. And then Batman comes back, and then all of a sudden Joker's oh, back. Oh, uh, right. the Dark Knight Returns. Yes. Dark Knight Returns, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. right, yeah. I like how he just uh, collapses into bones. Like, I don't know, I guess I was thinking something more epic, but... Like, this is more fitting, though. Yeah, yeah, it Yeah, is. I kind of like how it just kind of fizzles. Like, it kind of goes... That's what I was saying. Like, it kind of goes a way that wasn't expecting. Yeah, yeah. There's more work to be done. Baltimore takes off his fiery jacket, throws it on the ground. Henry, his friends call him. Stop. Childress walks up to him. He turns around like to get at them almost. You know what he's I mean? He's got a he's he's got that berserker look in his eyes. Yeah. yeah, he totally looks like a berserker. Thomas, I feel nothing. We've got to go, Henry. He takes him out as Baltimore looks back and looks at the painting and then whips out his sword and, and scurps it, cuts it. Ah. Yeah. yeah, there's like a there's like a blowback once he cuts it it's yeah. like oh yeah there's some sort of effect, okay that's what it is what I okay mean? i didn't yeah. understand that what happened there yeah because it seems like you know the chapel of bones were coming alive and all this kind of stuff yeah. and then he cuts that thing he slices the painting and then like there's like all this air gets blown out and then it's cold again yeah it um it puts out the fire because yeah. i mean the color the whole color changes from right. that those warm colors to those cool colors and yeah. like it's yeah like, i didn't even connect that it's like there's ice on the bones or frost on the bones. Right. Yeah. yeah. All right. So he slices the painting and then this wind blows through the whole loft and everything turns to ice. Yeah. That's cool. What is this? Yeah. The, the doctor says, how can it be so cold? Can't you feel it? In all the years I have stood against the darkness, 
I have been fighting the symptoms instead of the plague itself, Altamore says. The true en enemy has barely been aware of me. And he looks at the painting until now. But I feel like this is the moment where it comes alive. Yeah, because you yeah, can see it's like... Right. Yeah, it moves closer. It gets closer to the cut line. Yeah, it's looking at him. like it. it and even in the color, you know, I get the sense that like the fire starts burning for a second. You know what I mean? And the Red King moves through the canvas or I don't know. It's very it does. supernatural and cool, but... It's like for yeah. that moment, it comes alive and it, it looks at him. Yeah. Yeah, like moves in closer, like it leans forward and its mouth opens up more. And Baltimore says it stirs. And the doctor says, but only for a moment. Look for yourself. And then the painting's back to the way it was. Right. Yeah. yeah. They also find Bentley. He like, I guess he killed himself. Yeah. With like a shard of glass or something yeah. like that. What is that about? I guess. Well, that's what all the other artists did. Right, the the guy that was oh, down there was talking you're about right. the, the guy who yeah. wrote poems killed himself, and that he yeah. he was doing these writings and he was gonna go do something that was like that, and now we got right. um, yeah. who has done a similar yeah sort of wow action. okay that's why it's a book club that's why it's a book club <laughs> so yeah so they they exit the um I wonder if they're gonna like give the uh, owner of the bar a heads up like yeah it was a fire upstairs. Get out of here. <laughs> oh no no no! The fire went out when the uh, the oh, the yeah, wind fair. rushed oh, through yeah, the thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I forgot about that. So they're walking down the stairs. We get a, we get a lot of scene and they're walking down the stairs. What are you doing? Childress says to the doctor. Bandages. We all need them. Not that it will matter in the end. I can stop the bleeding, but I can't stop the infection. And then Baltimore tells him like we destroyed the shades that would have been infecting you. You will not be tainted because we destroyed them. Thank God, Asherah says. I, I I did want to point out um, when they're walking down the stairs, it focuses in on his leg and the, all the nails. Because doesn't he put a nail in there for every vampire? Yeah, I believe that he so. Kills or something yeah. like that. So like, I was wondering. I mean, it's got it. I feel like it's. I remember we talked about this before. I feel like if it was every single vampire that. I think it's got to be ones that meant something to him. Right. I think exactly. it's got to be like... I assumed ones. it was like the uh, elder vampires. Right, yeah. Or it could be the elder vampires. I just thought it was well, interesting it how they focus in on that. You know what I mean? They they, yeah, they is, point yeah. it out to us. Like, I guess he's going to put another one in there, or he did, or it's just like it's symbolizing something. You know, I feel like yeah. we come back to that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the first ones he put in were his family. It was his sister, his mother, his father, and his wife. Right, yeah. Those were the first ones he put in. Maybe that's what it's focusing in on, on those ones. Since he finally but there's definitely him. more than those, yeah. you know. Or maybe it is. Yeah, it could be focusing in on those. And that's why it's a book club. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they, they work their way back down to the bar. Henry, it's over. Childress says, old friend, your nightmares ended. Don't you understand, Baltimore says. I had thought that with the devil's defeat, I would finally know peace, the peace of the grave. That's why I called you all here. Because he wanted them to see him die, right? I hoped that when I fell, you would bring my body to Trevelyan Island and burn me there. That's his home. That's like his uh, right, right, yeah. yeah. And his family owns, and spread my ashes across the harbor where I scattered the ashes of my mother and father and my sweet sister. At last, I would be reunited with my darling wife, my Eloine. But it has not ended. The vampire was correct. I will never end. The cold inside me remains, right? So we don't really know what he's talking about, but we do know he was shot in the chest by, what was he shot in the chest? It was just a regular pistol, right? Right. Was... So I actually, mm -hmm. I went back to the infernal train and he gets shot by Duvik. Yeah, yeah Duvik. Yeah, Lord Duvik. He, get, he, he gets shot by Duvik in the chest right at the same time that he kills Duvik. 
and then he looks at the wound and he kind of puts his fingers in there and then he just like keeps going but i went back and looked at that panel again because he definitely lingers on the wound a little bit and then he just keeps going but here we kind of see more about that yeah it's a giant wound his friends are freaking out they're like dude what the heck he takes his heart out of his chest. The wound is ginormous. So did he just like keep playing with it until it was all of a sudden the size of his hand? I don't know. It's yeah. almost like he just goes in there and rips it out. Yeah, he just goes in and takes his heart out. Yeah, it's like crazy. I think um, maybe maybe when uh, when he was shot by Duvik, it like made a hole and then maybe he like made it worse digging in there to see. Because maybe he was like, what the heck? What's in there? And then he's like, oh, shit, I have a chunk of metal as my heart. Like, how long has how long has he known that? That he was dead? I don't yes. Know. I don't know. It's so weird. I mean, his friends, like, have such a horrific face on them, you know? He just takes his heart out and plops on the table. Can you imagine how messed up that would be? <laughs> yeah. And isn't that his uh, wife's, like, wedding ring embedded into his heart right. as well? Yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah, so then we get a detail of the of the ring. It's the same detail that we saw of the wedding ring earlier. Well, and it says clunk when he puts it down. So it's a big chunk of steel or metal. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? His heart. Yeah, something hard. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it wouldn't go clunk on the table if he threw his heart on the table. It would go, like, splish. You know? <laughs> I had thought my quest would end here, but it is my enduring curse. I understand now what my fate has forged me. So long as the Red King reigns, there must always be Lord Baltimore. And we get a quote from the Steadfast Tin Soldier by Hans Christian Andersen. When the maid cleared out the ashes the next morning, she found the soldier melted into the shape of a little tin heart. But all Mm -hmm. that remained of the dancer was her spangle. So I guess this is kind of like the spangle and the melted tin heart, right? Yeah, or the little yeah, tin I think man. So. It's like a little tin heart. But I don't know what a spangle is. I looked up spangle too. I couldn't find that either. Oh, I think it's probably like a bracelet or something. That's probably. what I was thinking. Yeah. 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 What did you think of that, Aubrey? Did you think it was weird that he took out his heart and it's a metal? I was like, what the fuck is going on? I feel like because like... more Indiana Jones. They're just Indiana Jones fans here in this book. I mean, yeah. it, it, there's a there's always been like mystical elements to this comic but it's always been kind of grounded but this is like a whole other element i think which is really just weird it's so cool i don't know i i really dug that weird ending that yeah that he's dead and his heart is a chunk of metal but it's yep. so weird do you think stenbeck watched the temple of doom when he wrote when he drew this one i don't know i don't get, know where like maybe a, yeah get the skeleton bones and then we get the heart pulled out of the chest. Oh, you're right. Yeah, there are oh, shades of that. Shit, yeah. I'm just joking, but a lot of similar stuff. Wait, and and we did talk the we did talk about the steadfast tin soldier uh, on I think on our first episode. This is a literary fairy tale by Hans Christian Andersen about a tin soldier in love with a paper ballerina. The steadfast tin soldier has also been adapted to various media, including a ballet choreographed by George Balanchine to Bizet's Jus de Fonsa. I'm probably saying that wrong, but uh, we did talk about that, but yeah. Um, so we get a little cool epilogue here. We get a five months later. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yep. The Bradenton House in Norfolk, England. Yeah, we get a, I'm sorry, doctor. 
We don't know who it is. Oh, yeah, it's Hodge. We get Hodge. It's She's Hodge. Back. Hodge. Yeah. We got the gang all together here. Yeah, they're all together. We even got some new faces. We got two new faces in this room. Yeah, who are those guys? Are they guys? um are they from the book or or we don't know who they are yet? I'm trying to I don't know if they're in the book. We'll we'll find out who they are for sure, obviously. But um Yeah, yeah they're basically telling Hodge like did you know Baltimore had this crazy thing in his chest or whatever? They're basically catching him up on like what happened, right? Yeah. Yeah, and they're like, he's like, no, that's impossible. Like, how could that be? And they're like, it's right here in this box, man. Points at the box. I, was, I got this little box. Yeah, it's yeah, like, so interesting. He's <laughs> like, you shouldn't need any proof, but if you do, here it is. But I like how he's got a uh, prosthetic on his hand to, re- to uh, replace his fingers. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, that's why I was thinking that maybe he made the leg because we come back and we see that he made these, but yeah, maybe I he didn't you're... make them. Maybe Baltimore made it for him. <laughs> maybe Baltimore made it for him or maybe Hodge made it or I don't know. Yeah. But I think that's interesting. Now he's got his own prosthetic. Oh, I think we did get a backstory on Baltimore. I think Baltimore had plans for the leg. Didn't he tell, wasn't that part of the story at some point? Okay. Hold on. I may be jumping ahead or something like that, or it was in the book, but I, I, no, well, there's a I think it's, Mignola. It's in the novel. I think it's in the novel where the leg comes from. Oh, okay, okay. Am I crazy? We'll have to come back to that. I don't remember. You would, you would know, yeah. John. I think, I think, I think we actually get a back when we get to the novel. I think we get a little backstory in there. Okay, cool. About the, where the leg came from, and it may. You're absolutely right. It might be the doctor. Well, now I'm thinking it's not the doctor because if he was already missing two fingers, why didn't yeah, he, he make was. one for that hand? Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Wouldn't he have already done this? So I don't know. To be continued. Wait, does he have one on both hands? Yeah, he's got him on both hands. He's got him on both hands. Yeah, I think I think I va- I mean we'll find out. So I may be wrong, book club members, but I think Baltimore has plans for a for a leg. He gets them from somewhere. Okay. Maybe from cool. some mystical witch or something. Who knows where he came from? <laughs> I bet Mark knows where he got it from. <laughs> Mark definitely knows. Yeah. Hodge asks where Baltimore is. Uh, the doctor tells him he's all over the world. Dark things are rising and it will only get worse now that he has grown aware. The re- he's talking about the Red King. The Red King slumbers, but still he knows us. Still he sees us. And then we get a nice at the end. Yeah. And we that see evil like painting uh, is still there. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Childress is with him got, as well, too. Yeah. Childress is with him. He's got a new jacket on. <laughs> and he's ready to kill some zombies and vampires. Yeah. Pretty cool. I like that he's got a buddy with him. He's got a he's got a pal helping him out. Yeah, like it grew up together, childhood buddy. Yeah, that was cool. So yeah, I mean, I like that he finally killed Haggis. I guess Omnibus One is him versus Haggis, and Omnibus Two is going to be the rest of it versus the Red King. But we'll yeah. get to that after we do the book. But yeah, this was awesome. I really I was like surprised that we were already here at the end of the Omnibus, and we got to talk about the sketchbook section because I was going through this yesterday. You know, a lot of this we've already talked about. But it's just so cool. It's like a nice recap of all the stuff that we've seen, all the adventures that we've had with Baltimore. I'm trying to think what other interesting stuff. I mean, you get a lot of fun Stenbeck sketches. You get a lot of fun Mignola sketches in there. You get this yeah. weird deep sea diver guy with a with a with like a rapier. That's awesome. You get more oh, deep right. sea like yeah. creatures with the, with the monsters. You get a bunch of These Hodge sketches. These almost look like a... These almost look like Guy Davis sketches to me. There, these, there these does there's, suit, there are right? some sketches in here that look like Guy Davis, like of the monsters yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, I really. Yeah, like I wonder that. if Guy Davis was given some 
But we saw those jellyfish and they never really come back in the story. It was interesting. Right, right. But there, there was definitely one sketch in here that I wanted to talk about that I just didn't really understand. I almost texted you, John, about it, but I figured I'd just bring it up. But like there's these like finished drawings at the end, right? The uh, Adele mm-hmm. at Zoe. I didn't look that up. I should have looked that up. Oh, okay. So it says, um, Stenbeck has a note here. He says, I wanted to do some pinups for this book and took the opportunity to do weird horror images that seemed like they would belong in Baltimore's world somehow. Okay. But this first, I mean, this first page is cool with this, with this woman. The one that, that I was trying to understand was like, I, I, the Wilhelm Newman. It's like, oh, the, okay. oh yeah. Yes. So see that uh, one? yeah, I love this one. So this is what I got. I actually looked this up. God help me. It was always here. It was hidden in the music. In the music. Yeah. I know. What the heck is that about? So then I looked up Wilhelm Newman music and then I'll, like I found a playlist on Spotify, but I don't know. If, I, I have no idea. I, I followed so many random paths to figure out who Wilhelm Newman is. Obviously, I got the Wilhelm scream bunch. Right. right. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think know. that might be just something made up, but that is really cool. But it's kind of, he has to like like pull from somewhere, right? I'm so, I would love to ask Stenbeck like what these drawings are about. Yeah, so I guess there was a Wilhelm Newman who was uh architect and art historian. Yeah, I found that. You found that. Like I was looking for a conductor or like right. you know. or something having to do with music. It might just be like I don't know, it might have not have anything to do with anything, but it's really cool. Yeah, I love that one. Yeah. And then we get a cool I don't even know if this was a cover. I'd have to go back and look at my like all of my books, but we get a bunch of art in the back. We get one of those um year of the monsters covers with the with like the gorilla but one of the covers has the the red king in the back and then a tin heart in front of baltimore that one's sweet oh yeah yeah i love that one yeah yeah we also get that um bendio or whatever bendigo the bendigo yeah Yeah, we get that It, it says um we probably talked about this on the hellboy book club but it says here uh, ben did this image for an online promotion with Multiversity.com, celebrating the debut of Abe Sapien, Dark and Terrible. Um, I wonder if that was ever plans or like if they were ever going to do anything with that, man. I mean, gosh, yep. it seems like such a waste. Yeah. I don't know. That would have been super cool team up. I always wanted to see more Daimyo. Yeah, I yeah. love seeing that drawn by Stenbeck, too. Ah, oh, can you imagine if Stenbeck drew this this oh. book or whatever? Let's do it. They're coming out with all these other things now. I mean, might as well. Give us the the Bendigo Abe Sapien book drawn by Stenbeck. Just give him another book to draw. That would be so awesome. (laughs) Make it a three-issue series. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Anything else, Wes, I guess, about the sketchbook or about Baltimore in general? No, that's it. We're going to do the – we're tackling the novel next, right? Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, so I guess with the novel, like – It'll probably be more like a loose discussion. I don't know. It, it was always weird kind of doing the novels on the Hellboy book club, but we'll do our best. Um, and the audiobook is out there too. So right. that'll be really great. Uh, I've already downloaded that as well. So really excited oh, to get into the book. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Really I'm excited cool. to do the book again. Cause I'm, I think I said this on the podcast earlier, but I haven't like following Mark's like reading order or like following one of the readings. I, ha- I don't really have the book in context of the comic books. Because like these yeah. comic books now, like it would, they would take so long sometimes. It would be so spread out or I'd be off right. reading some other stuff. Sometimes I would yeah. be reading Baltimore and I'd be like, what is going on? You know? <laughs> and then the book, I never really like fit into the comic books in my head. But now that I just read this story, 
right where they're like yeah. all in the bar and stuff like that you're like holy shit like it totally fills in gaps like there's yes, totally yeah yeah i'm really excited i'm really excited to go back and read the book after just doing all this and uh yeah I'm, it'll be well, really i'm excited great. to read the book yeah i think it's a pretty easy read i mean john you read it in one sitting right you i read it in one it. sitting yeah it was awesome it was awesome so, so yeah i think that you will enjoy it very good yeah. awesome well thank you so much wes for joining us today on this awesome episode and now Aubrey's going to say all the things. All right, everybody. Baltimore, Chapel of Bones. That was a lot of fun. This whole Baltimore First Omnibus has been great. And I want to hear what you said. You can send us a hey, you damn guys at bookclubmembercomics at gmail.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at bookclubmembercomics and on Twitter at bookclubmembers. And you can also find all of our resources on our Facebook about section, our Podbean website, and our link trees on Instagram and Twitter. What? Did Danielle just return from the moon? I, did, I just got back from the moon. Oh, the rocket ship ride. Was it cold? It was really was rough. Was it cold yeah. or was it warm? <laughs> yeah, William Fixner of Werewolf decided not to go last minute, but I did pick up two hitchhikers, a Dracula and a Frankenstein, and we had a blast, man. We had a great time. Oh, but, man. Man, it's just like, uh, the jet lag. <laughs> it's just like, did Frankenstein <laughs> take you to the center of the moon? Yes, and we time traveled. That's how I was able to make it back so quickly. But oh man, oh, it's, man. Just, it's just a it's a stressor on your bones. Surprisingly, <laughs> it's it stretches your bones out into like spaghettis. Oh no! Yeah, it's all right. I hate it when my it's, like, bones turn to spaghettis. Yeah, it's not that great. <laughs> it's not that great. But it's not that bad. Um, right. Yeah. Anyway. A uh, special thank you to Paul from Gotterhan for the listener feedback theme. Yes, Paul. Thank you. Hell yeah. Uh, thank you, John and Wes, for uh, everything you, all the notes you guys did. Uh, thank you, Danielle, for surviving your trip to the moon. You're welcome. Uh, you're welcome. You can find the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. And when you're there, open it up and give us that five-star review. And if you like what you're hearing, tell a friend. Every little bit helps, guys. Yes, do it. <sighs> Next week. We are going to be reading Wolverine Blood Hungry by Peter David and Sam Keith. So, you know what to do. Get out them. I don't know if this one's on digital, but, you know, track it down on the, on the get back, back issues. issues get, all, get all those issues of Marvel yeah. Comics Presents that you have to collect to make this one story. Yes. And join us <laughs> next week on Book Club Member Comics. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm John Salinas. I'm definitely here. I'm Wes Matice. And I'm Aubrey Loveless saying, I have another Indian in mind. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that was good. That was a good one. Love you, Wes. Yeah.